This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. A year into the pandemic, the household savings has been dwindling. According to the estimates by the Reserve Bank of India, household financial savings were at 8.2% of gross domestic product or GDP in the third quarter that is July, August and September of 2020 to 2021. In the first quarter, January to March, the household savings stood at 21% of the GDP. The second quarter between April and June 2020, the household savings were recorded at 10.4%. Experts attributed the fall in savings to job losses and salary cuts. Severe depletion in household incomes have forced people to withdraw from their retirement funds. By May 31, 2021, the Employee Provident Fund organization had settled over 76.31 lakh claims under the COVID-19 advance scheme, amounting to over 18,698.15 crore. The uncertainty of income has also adversely affected consumer sentiment, experts say. Up to 30% people have shifted to buying only essential commodities as per a report by McKinsey. Alternatively, investments in mutual funds have increased to 1.2% of the GDP as opposed to 0.2 to 0.3% average in the period between 2018 and 2020. Hi, I'm Kunika Balhotra, Research and Communications Officer for Suno India. and your host for this episode of Indian Economy Explained to make sense of these statistics and to gather a clearer picture of the reasons behind these patterns of household savings and debt i spoke to professor biswajit nag professor nag is the head of economics division at the indian institute of foreign trade he also served in the poverty and development division of the united nations economic and social commission for asia and the pacific To start off could you tell us about the role of household savings in the Indian economy and also if you could explain the ways in which an average Indian household manage their savings we are economists actually we look into the data um, a country's uh, savings are divided into three parts one is definitely household savings and then there is uh, public sector savings and the private sector savings okay now uh, what happened over the time uh, india's savings rate Uh, started going down okay and uh, this was mostly after 2008 after the subprime crisis and in 2011 12 it was around 236% of gdp and it came down in 2018 19 around 18% of of the gdp so that means uh, the indian household are not able to save much okay over the time so the gdp is increasing though our gdp growth rate has come down in recent past but uh, that means savings came down faster than that from 23.6% to 18.2% in 1819 was say it has just before the pandemic now during the pandemic a uh, lot of abnormal things happened so one is definitely people are concerned uh, about the health as a lot of people lost jobs Uh, many people were having uh, almost 50% of incomes rural and uh, and migrant workers rural people and migrant workers also suffered so overall there is an erosion of income so when when there is a, a significant drop in income then and also the expectation also plays an important role here that you know how fast their income will come back to the normal level so your savings and consumption behavior is definitely a function of that 
So uh, during the COVID, as a normal household, uh, what they will think about? They'll think about, they will be having concern about health issues, about the education of their kids, about the possible inflation, possible uncertainty in general. So people will start, uh, you know, saving more, or rather, uh, people will reduce the consumption, provided your income level remains at the same level, because. Uh, a lot of people might be deferring their purchase of durable goods or maybe uh, they will reduce their exposure of loans and all those things. Uh, but anyway, people would like to have a plain, simple life without tourism, without having food in restaurants or without going out. So a lot of costs will also go down. So apparently, it looks like that in uh, 2020, I have the data from RBI that, uh, you know, there was a rise of savings because uh, private consumptions declined 26.7% in quarter one of 2021. And as a result of that, there is a rising shift of household savings. Now, um, looking at uh, the report of RBI, it looks like that the savings behavior has also changed. How people are actually saving. So it looks like 53% uh, of the savings are mostly bank deposit. Uh, there's a significant rise in life insurance. And also an interesting thing, close to 7% is a mutual fund. So people have started exploring the stock markets and putting money in insurance sector. Okay, it was, if I go back to a traditional economic theories, Keynes uh, at some point of time said that, you know, monetization of the economy is very important. All savings should be in the financial form. If the savings are in the financial form, then those savings can be translated into investment. Perhaps we have reached that level that now Indian economy is a very, very, you know, monetized economy. Even at the, uh, at the rural level, people are having bank accounts. So if they have additional money, they will put the money in the banks. So that's the thing I can say uh, in general, that is the way basically the savings behavior has changed. What are the common ways in which the investments or savings are significantly depleted? And what are the ways in which COVID waves have affected household savings? You know, household savings dipped significantly. One of the main reasons for that, that the real income, uh, up the people actually didn't rise much. So it is a global phenomenon. There are a lot of research on U.S. economy that the labor share in GDP, that means the total wages over the GDP, that value is, you know, had a secular decline over the years. Okay, so that's an interesting thing. The labor productivity is increasing, but the labor is not rewarded sufficient. So my income should have been risen much higher than what I am getting. So productivity has increased, but the wages have not increased significantly. This is mostly because of technological change. And now, because of COVID, more automations, more artificial intelligence and all those things. So labor productivity will rise significantly. The labor requirement will go down sufficiently. So there will be a structural change in the labor market. And uh, in my uh, understanding, this might lead to a very high level of inequality because you will find out high-skilled workers will be paid at very high level. And there will be a large number of people who will be struggling for uh, regular jobs. So people may be working, but 
which will be mostly a contractual for a few months or maybe is a self-employment where the income regularity will be always in question. Now, if a large number of people or a large sections of the society, they're not having regular income or a regular job, or they are self-employed for which there is a expected fluctuation, their consumption behavior will also change because they will be more, very much concerned about their future income. As a result of that, there will be a tendency for more savings. But at the same time, uh, there is an another force which will not allow them to save more. As you can see, the health expenditures are increasing. Expenditures on education are increasing. It's not food anymore. And the total phone bill as a percentage of my parents' income is a small amount. Now, today you can understand in a family, there are so many phones, you have internet connections. So your total uh, uh, you know, communications bill as a percentage of your income must have increased significantly. Health expenses have increased significantly. Education expenses significantly. People have become more mobile. So what happened? Just imagine that, you, that my income is not regular. It's very volatile. So I have a tendency to save more because I really do not know about the future. But at the same time, certain things are not allowing me to save more because these expenditures are necessary expenditure now. So traditionally, we are looking at food inflation, but perhaps now we need to look into the inflation from a different perspective. Recently, you know, there's a report from SBI where actually they've said that, you know, in, in consumer price index, the weightage for health uh, expenditure needs to be changed. And if you change it, and we are expecting in 2021, the health expenditures percentage of your income will rise significantly and there will be an inflationary impact of the health expenditures. On top of it, uh, you know, petroleum prices, energy prices, if those prices go up, definitely with an irregular income, there will be a kind of a depletion of the savings. So this is a global phenomenon, but uh, in India, because we are poor, so uh, the large uh, sections of the people have relatively low income, so the situation is much more grave. So as you already mentioned about the SBI report and how the second wave of COVID in the country led to a sharp increase in healthcare spending, could you explain how this increased spending on healthcare will impact the economy? Because we are discussing from the household's perspective, so let us you know look at from that perspective itself. If you divide the rural sector and the urban sector, as you know in a country, the rural sector, the health infrastructures are not adequate. So as the health infrastructure is not adequate, people were actually having an additional expenses. You need to travel to a bigger cities. You need to stay there for, suppose, for an MRI or CT scan or something like that. There is a structural change because now a better instruments are uh, available. And as a result, there is an overall rise of expenditure. So poor people's health expenditure as a percentage of his or her income will go up substantially, assuming that they were not mostly covered by health insurance. Now, in urban area, even now today, India doesn't have very high percentage of health insurance. Numbers actually can check it. Now, um, if you look at uh, from the urban perspective, the health expenditure uh, will be uh, significantly higher because now people will spend money for prevention and also detections 
um, also a regular health checkup. So it will be a part of our yearly uh, kind of an additional expenses, which earlier people were averting. So from that perspective, actually the health becomes a very crucial thing. And I personally feel that's why, because the market health market as a whole will expand. So uh, what we, we, we feel that as the demand is rising, so the price must go down. But uh, you know it may not happen because the market is not completely transparent or market is not completely competitive. Also, we are seeing a sharp increase in petrol and diesel prices. Could you tell us how this rising inflation will affect households and their savings? Yeah, this is standard logic because you know energy, petroleum, and uh, special um, is uh, part of daily life, and uh, immediately it may not affect. But eventually, definitely, it is going to have an effect on the overall budget because this has direct impact. Those who are having cars or those who are traveling by bus, of course, there's a direct impact. But at that same time, there will be an indirect impact because transportation sectors will be, will be costly. So uh, you will see if this trend continues for some more time or even for vegetables, you will see there will be rise of at least 5 rupees per kg of every product uh, eventually in, in, in the coming months. Then you will see the, the basic groceries price will go up slowly, slowly. So after six months, uh, you will be able to realize that the amount you are paying for buying the things are much higher than what you were doing six months back. You'll not be able to separate it out that whether it is because of uh, a petroleum price hike or something else, but definitely, we know that there will be an indirect impact uh, on this. Could you briefly talk about some of the relief measures that have been announced by the government to alleviate the financial burden of households, especially the schemes like Pradhan Mantri Jandhan Yojana, where the government claims to transfer money directly into women's accounts? It's a, an interesting question. Now, definitely money has been transferred or money is going to be transferred. But that doesn't mean the people are going to spend that. Government wanted uh, this money to be spent. But, you know, if I get the money, my income level goes up. I'm uncertain about future. My confidence about the market is down. So I will try to save it for the rainy days. Or I will invest that money in some places where actually I get higher return. So this is basically a puzzle because, uh, you know, government wants to provide uh, money to our uh, direct benefits in the hand of people, but people may not actually convert to it as an expenditure. So consumer sentiment is very important in this case. The recent report says, I think RBI is also going for a next round of consumer sentiment study, that in the month of June, there's a slight rise of consumer sentiment. Okay, because consumer sentiment in changes the expectation and the expectation is having a huge impact on uh, on consumption pattern of people. Okay, so government's policy needs to be on two sides. One, definitely cash transfer is required, but at the same time, you need to make the consumption inflation. So that, that means there will be less inflation. Some of the things uh, in which government is investing should be affordable. Like, you know, for example, like education sector, most of the classes are going on online. But you can understand India is a very large country. 
and uh, significant rural areas where the internet infrastructure is weak. Even there is infrastructure, the speed of internet will be, you know, awful. So it's not possible that whether the school or the students are having the same infrastructure as it is in the big city. So I'm not finding a very good, you know, kind of a policy by which actually how the rural young students, how actually you can bring them to the school virtually. So you require a huge investment for that. So that means you need to buy tabs, you need to bring in infrastructure in the schools, you need to equip teachers. Um, so once you start investing in such cases, so people start buying those those uh, things, maybe in a, a in a subsidized price or whatever it is. So you can just push the education sector, I mean the early education sector in the school level, you know, at least, uh, you know, which can have an impact on the consumption as well. So like that, Education is definitely as a part of the overall consumption. Doesn't mean only the food, clothing, and uh, you know communication. But big education is right now as a huge uh, expense. So that's the way actually you can increase the confidence of people. Also, you need to create a lot of jobs. Okay, at this moment, the job creation is possible in the health sector because it is expanding like anything. Uh, even in tier two, tier three cities, uh, you know. A lot of uh, paramedical you know, workers or health service providers are there. So through that, actually, you can increase the, the employment possibilities. And that will actually maybe having an impact on the consumption. So consumption can go back to the same old places, but it might take some time. Finally, could you share possible ways to boost the declining household savings? I just mentioned that, uh, you know, one most important thing is confidence. And second thing is uh, controlling inflation, including, uh, you know, petrol in prices. Uh, so that, you know, suppose my income is 100 and during the pandemic, my income has not increased from 100 to 110. But if the petroleum prices go up, uh, definitely it will eat into my consumption. So my savings will go down. So you need to have two things together. One, how to increase the income. Second, how to reduce the overall consumption. So in the right places, subsidies and incentives are required so that you know, people have more money in hand. So this is basically uh, at the uh, you know, ground level, this is the exercise you can do. At the macro level, when countries' growth uh, will come back to a normal path, and that will pull up the confidence, that will increase people's income. Okay, so, so you need to have a a very good macroeconomic policy, how to take the Indian economy back to the track. So to reduce the, the decline, as I said, in one hand, you have to generate employment so that more income is there. And second one is basically controlling the cost of you know goods and services. And you need to know at this moment, energy prices going up, health costs going up, education costs going up, and they are right now considering a larger share in your uh, weight distributions in consumer price index so you need to now give importance to this this particular thing because you know indian economy has moved from a low level to a middle level income now lower middle income in country now so that means those things become very much necessary and we need to keep focus on that yeah, last thing, as I you know, uh, as I said sometime in, in this discussion, that the labor productivity uh, is going up, 
and the labor is not being rewarded properly. Uh, so this is a global phenomenon, and this might erode the savings uh, as well, because in future, people will spend a lot for education and skill development. Higher education should become costlier, so everyone, middle-class people will, uh, will try to get educated to get the jobs, but the salary will not go up that much, or maybe the real income will not go that much. So that is a situation which is very much worrying globally. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.